Welcome to the CBIA BizCast. I'm your host, Ali Warshavsky. And today on our podcast, we have Connecticut President Eric Galvin joining us. A lot of our members have had questions about insurance lately, and you're here to answer them all. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, pleasure to be here. Thanks for the invite and uh, looking forward to hopefully answering many of those questions from uh, CBIA members. Yeah, one of them is health insurance, as you know, is expensive. And we hear that from our members all the time, especially from the small business owners. Can you tell us some of the challenges small business owners face when they're purchasing health insurance for their employees? Well, so, you know, as you think about, especially in our state, just how many small businesses there there are, um, it, you know, it's actually a staggering amount of the uh, of the workforce in uh, in Connecticut. And you know, as we think about the challenge of health insurance, just in general, um, we wholly agree. By the way, it is expensive and, frankly, too expensive. Um, and I think where that really starts to hit home is in the small group space, because you know these are businesses. I don't have to tell your, your members; these are businesses that really are trying to navigate a pandemic. They're trying to navigate, you know, pressures um, in inflation on all types of goods and services. And, um, and the last thing that they need is um, health insurance that, uh, that continues to escalate in costs. Some of the considerations I, I would just say is really trying to strike the right balance of what product they're looking at. And, and this is where um, I think both the staff at CBIA as well as brokers have, um, have a really um, important role so that we can help guide these small business owners to the right um, product that matches their needs. If you have, as a, for instance, uh, a younger workforce that might be healthier, um, you might want to be thinking about uh, plans that are a little bit uh, leaner in benefits so that you get a, a lower monthly premium. But if you have uh, a workforce that might have some uh, folks that have chronic conditions, might be higher utilizers of, of care, um, you might want to go with a, a little bit of a richer plan. The way that I, I um, last comment, and, and, I'll, and I'll pause, but um, the, the way that I, I try to talk to people who um, don't do this every day, right? They're, they're off running their business, whatever it happens to be, is really to think about it as the expected cost of health care is a number that we, um, that we project how you pay for it really comes in the form of what plan you, you pick. Um, and you can pay more upfront and less as you use or less upfront and more as you use. Um, it's very similar to the way that you would think about any type of loan and uh, thinking about it in terms of you know, um, capital upfront. So the, that's I, what I would underscore is, is the biggest consideration is really thinking about that plan design that, that you're looking for um, and, uh, and matching it to the population of your business. Yeah, some good things to take and consider, especially if you're just getting a small business off the ground. Um, there are many external factors that create challenges from a cost standpoint for small employers. Do you mind expanding on what those could be the challenges they might face? Yeah, so the, the way to think about this, in my view, would be um, health insurance is expensive because healthcare is expensive. Um, you know, I, I I would you know tell all of your members that um, 
you know, there these aren't very high margin businesses well, like they maybe once were, um, you know, in the 80s and potentially 90s. Um, there are very, very thin um, margins in the health insurance business. And all of those dollars are really in, uh, are going after the medical cost that, uh, that patients consume. So the things that you, you know, you want to consider in terms of these external factors is where are people getting care? Where are they accessing that care? If, um, if someone is taking an expensive drug, are they, um, are they getting the best possible price on that drug and not just going uh, where your doctor says, you know, here, go to this pharmacy, get, the, get this drug. It's really being a consumer and, um, and asking those questions and, uh, and, and making sure that they're getting the best possible um, economic result in addition to making sure um, that they're getting the best possible care and quality of, uh, of outcome. So when a customer or, you know, anyone walks into a pharmacy and you see the sign that says you can get this cheaper prescription here because of a price match, or you see some type of a, a coupon that might promise a lower price, you should really pay attention to those because otherwise it will drive the cost of your insurance up in the future. Yeah, I think, it, um, you know, if you think about it from a consumer standpoint, absolutely look at every, um, every potential option to get a better deal. Um, ask the questions. You know, I, I, as I mentioned, I, I think um, if you'd like to call us, we're happy to help you know, navigate people through those kinds of um, questions or the different programs that might be out there. But it's really important to be um, an educated consumer um, and, uh, and we're here to support folks to do exactly that. And so that's one thing that drives the cost up, but I'm sure there's many other things, especially some things that might be going on at the Capitol that are cost drivers. Can you um, explain those a little bit? Some things that you're maybe fighting against uh, when you're trying to bring the cost of healthcare down. Yeah. So when we think about what's happening in, in our state um, as a first stop along that, that conversation, um, there, there is a lot of activity uh, at a state level. Some of it is, is very helpful. Um, we have, a, um, we have a, the governor um, put forward an executive order um, mandating a cost benchmark, a cost increase benchmark, which we actually fully support. We think this is a really smart thing to do. Um, Massachusetts has um, one in place and it's been very effective. Um, but we, we also have other items that just very candidly aren't as helpful, right? Um, we hear a lot about single payer or public option. And frankly, those solutions don't do anything about the cost of care. It, all it does is talk about where or who you access that, that insurance coverage through. Um, and that's one of the things that can be frustrating is that there's not enough discussion about how do we lower the cost of care? How do we improve the outcomes? Um, and you know, so we, we partner with the governor's office, the Office of Health Strategy. Um, we try to be available um, and drive those kinds of conversations um, through, the, uh, through the legislature where, where we can. We, we actually had a, a visit from one of our um, key legislators that sits on the insurance committee and um, and had that conversation, really talked about, um, you know, what are some of the things that we can do to address the cost of care? 
Yeah, can you explain a little bit more about cost growth benchmark, especially for listeners who might, these words might seem a little bit foreign to them. Yeah, sure. So um, the cost growth benchmark is essentially a way where it doesn't just look at the insurance rates. It also looks at how costs of care increase uh, year over year. And it brings everybody in that ecosystem together to answer to, well, why, you know, why are hospital costs going up at six to 7% every year, sometimes more. And, um, and, and so I think, you know, historically we've tried to regulate simply through the insurance channel. And that's, um, frankly, it's, it's not enough. We need to regulate more broadly but also be transparent with um, with the public about what's really behind those uh, those costs. So that's one of the reasons why we're, we're so behind the idea, um, supportive of the idea that um, you know that you you have a coming together, whether it be a, a physician's office, whether it be a drug company, a hospital system, and all be accountable to to say this is why we are increasing. Um, the, the cost of care, therefore your insurance premiums go up. Mm-hmm. Does this mean that insurance premiums won't increase beyond 2.9%? Yeah, unfortunately, it does not mean that they won't increase beyond 2.9%. So the benchmark of 2.9 is created um, by the Office of, of Health Strategy. And that is it uses retrospective data. It looks at historical data to um, to set that benchmark. Um, when we set premiums uh, for a future period, we look forward to that period. And one of the things that you have to do is you have to um, you have to have your best assumptions, your best guesses about what's the state of affairs going to be. For instance. Um, the Department of Labor is expected to issue a requirement for any employers over 100 uh, employees to have a vaccine mandate. So we have to make some type of a, um, of, a, of a call on that and have to factor that into our expected costs. Um, so that, that would be number one. Number two would be um, if you have employers that say if you're not vaccinated, well, then you have to have weekly testing. Those are, those are costs that, that, um, that we're prepared to, to take on. That those, are, those are health policy and that's surveillance testing. It's not a medically necessary item. So there are a lot of elements like that that go into what are the state of affairs. So the 2.9% benchmark, um, that's really a goal for the industry as an as a ecosystem. Um, and it is unlikely that uh, we'll be able to achieve that 2.9% given how quickly the cost of drugs increase and uh, how quickly the, the costs in um, hospitals in, in other settings like labs, et cetera, increase. The pandemic really um, did play an impact then on the cost of health insurance, correct? It did, and so interestingly, I think um, initially, we saw a lot of care get put on hold. Mm-hmm. Um, any kind of um, you know surgeries that weren't required, um, any doctor's visits that weren't absolutely necessary. And then what ended up happening, and, and, and so the public heard a lot about that, right? 
But I think what the public and, and I think a lot of CBIA members uh, inclusive in that group, what they didn't hear about is the severity of cost that went with COVID patients. And then when all of those services came back mid last year and they did come back, um, those were all on top of COVID related costs. And then as we looked at, you know, for instance, small business where our rates for 2021, we weren't allowed to have any COVID impacts embedded in those rates. So what we're seeing this year is, um, especially with new variants like the Delta variant, et cetera, um, the COVID costs are really, really pretty severe this year. Mm -hmm. um, and those are, those are influencing how we think about um, you know, the uncertainty of the future and what, as a result, what premiums need to look like. Oh, it's very interesting. Um, the effect of not only obviously COVID and testing and vaccines, but also the delayed care that, right. um, how that imp impacts it. So thanks for explaining that. Last question for you. Uh, does Connecticut have any plans specifically designed for small business? We do. And um, we actually have a variety of, of options for small, uh, small businesses. Um, and, and again, that's one of the reasons why we say, you know, engage CBIA, engage a broker. Um, we're happy to help, but we want to make sure that people don't feel like we're just selling somebody something that is what we prefer. Uh, we want to make sure that they have something that is, uh, is in their best interest. So we have fully insured plans that, you know, are um, fully compliant with the Affordable Care Act. They're a very traditional insurance policy, but we also offer fixed funding solutions um, or FFS plans as CBIA calls them. And those are sold exclusively through CBIA in our partnership with, um, with, with the organization. And they do save small businesses up to 25% by having a bit more flexibility on plan designs, as well as um, um, you know, we couple that with the predictability. We make it look like a month to month stable premium and, um, and the small businesses also get to share in any kind of uh, surplus at, at the end of that um, policy period. So it's a very attractive, um, it's, it's a uh, very attractive solution for, um, for a small business. If not, nothing else, they should look into it. We highly mm -hmm. encourage folks to uh, just educate yourself about all of the options out there. Well, Eric, thank you so much. But I, you know, I want to just give you a chance if there is anything else you want to add, any misconceptions you think people have about insurance and or Connecticut in general. Because um, I'm out of questions, but I want to give you the floor if you want to add anything. Oh, uh, just I would just close by saying a couple quick things. You know, first of all, um, we're celebrating our 40th anniversary this year, and I think um, people in Connecticut know what we stand for. We're we're neighbors that help neighbors. Um, we take it personally, because it is personal to us. Um, I really encourage any of the, the small business owners uh, out there to really, um, or HR leaders, you know, really explore what's available to you. Again, we're here to help you, um, but there are a lot of resources um, that, uh, that you should tap into and, and make sure you know what your options are. Um, to those who are Connecticut customers, I would just, who might be listening, I would just say thank you for your business, for your partnership. Um, we sincerely appreciate it and we hope we earn that right every day. 
And, and finally, Ali, thanks for having me on the show today. Really um, uh, enjoyed our conversation. Well, thank you, Eric, for joining us. And for anyone listening who is interested in Kinetic Care, obviously you can visit their website. You can also visit ours. We do have insurance resources for business owners at cbia.com. And thank you for listening to the BizCast. You can listen on Apple and YouTube. Be sure to subscribe. You can also visit cbia.com for more episodes.